everybody. Welcome to Blue SciCon, Blue Marble Space Science Conversations. This is our seminar series that features the members and friends of the Blue Marble Space Institute of Science. You can check out more about our institute at bmsis.org, and you can listen to previous seminars at bmsis.org slash podcast. Uh, this month, we are joined by our 2015 essay contest winner, uh, Wojciech Gladys. I'm sure I said that name wrong. Uh, okay. Polish is not as good as English. But uh, uh, Wojciech is from the University of Warsaw. He's a, a third year student. And uh, he's going to share with us his ideas about crowdfunding and the future of space exploration. So please take it away. Looking forward to some conversation about this. Okay, uh, so I'm going to take from that. Um, hello, everyone, and again, uh, my name is Wojciech Gładysz, and I'm an undergraduate astronomy student at the University of Warsaw in Poland. Uh, first of all, I would like to thank the Blue Marble Space Institute of Science for giving me this opportunity to discuss my essay ideas with you. It was a real pleasure to take part for the second time in such an awesome competition. Um, anyway, um, you are probably familiar with uh, this amazing photograph. It was taken by the Apollo 8 crew. It's hard to believe that it's been all, over 47 years since the Apollo 11 moon landing. One giant leap turned out to be directed towards our home planet as we stuck on a low Earth orbit ever since. The seven act play of Apollo had managed to stir our blood for a moment before we lost interest shortly after the first act. What I consider the biggest adventure in the history of our uh, species kindled barely a few sparks. But these sparks, however, are the very reason we still wonder what could we possibly do to go back exploring the unknown. Occupied with our down-to-earth matters, struggling not with the hostility of space, but uh, with the, the problems of everyday life, we tend to forget uh, that we all have an untouched capacity for awe, uh, and inspiration, and innate desire to be a part of something much greater than ourselves. However, right now, we are just mere spectators at the cosmic stage uh, of today is entirely dominated by public and private space programs. Governments set new boundaries and the private sector follows. That's how it goes. So why didn't we go to Mars shortly after our excursion to the moon? Why didn't we set this uh, new boundary? Well, the Apollo program died the very minute the USSR began its fall, and all the private space initiatives will not move an inch unless there is a prospect of a financial gain. I hope there are some uh, SpaceX fans out there to argue uh, otherwise. I, uh, I realized uh, that we lack uh, one crucial ingredient in the recipe for a long-term success, the motivation for taking action. We scientists are privileged by our understanding of the importance of space exploration. But if we want to teach people how to rejuvenate their innate desire to explore and to push the boundaries of our knowledge, there is no better way than through a direct involvement, as Ben Franklin pointed out. People want and always will want to leave their mark in the history. There will always be a reason to explore if and only if we liberate these longings. We just have to provide an appropriate tool. And I think that this tool is a crowdfunded space agency. Private and public sectors fall short in providing the future we all deserve, the future in which our species thrive, and what's the most important, not become extinct. 
right? So let me now dazzle you with my idealistic vision of the world. The total cost of the Mariner 4 mission to Mars, uh, which provided the first images of another planet ever returned from deep space, is estimated at current money uh, at $83 million by NASA. This amount of money, however, is less than the largest single amount ever raised via crowdsourcing. Star Citizen, an adventure video game, has raised over $90 million uh, so far, thanks to over 1 million people. And according to Forbes.com, in 2014, Kickstarter uh, had over 22,000 projects, raising a total of $529 million, up from $480 million uh, raised in the previous year. And this trend continued, uh, not only for Kickstarter in 2015, still does today, and will most probably do so in the next 200 years. So we are at the very beginning of a new era. So uh, how do I envision this uh, uh, space agency? So it would create a platform with different goals to choose from, submitted by people all across the globe, and would let everyone decide which project they would like to be a part of. Each donation, no matter the value, would grant the access to a decision-making process, which would involve the design of a spacecraft or a satellite, technological solution, and scientific goals. All of this would be supervised by scientists who would volunteer their free time, cheers to all the interns, <laughs> uh, to turn the ideas into action. It would be a cosmic Wikipedia project with the community involved, not because of a possible financial gain, but uh, because of the passion for exploration. Of course, such an agency couldn't operate without outsourcing the final stages of each project, but the blueprints for each spacecraft would bear the signs of a cumulative imagination of all the involved. We could finally find our own place on the cosmic stage. And humanity will most probably reach the type one civilization stage in the next 200 years. We have a global communication system, a global fashion, music, and popular culture. So why not to make use of that? There are now literally hundreds of singers, actors, and celebrities whose influence reaches far beyond the stage. Kanye West becoming president would prove my point just fine, <laughs> wouldn't he? The influence could be used to raise even more money and promote a new type of culture, the space culture. We all know We Are the World song, right? With Michael Jackson and all, other, all the other artists. According to Wikipedia, uh, the combined revenues uh, raised from the sales of uh, We Are the World and Hands Across America was almost $100 million, and it involved only 47 artists. So imagine what could be achieved if there was a day uh, across the world on which we could capture the imagination of all people by organizing concerts and events to help to fulfill our cosmic dreams. Pharrell Williams, for example, brings a photo of Carl Sagan on every tour, there is Katie Melua, who was a member of Astronomy Club and who was ashamed, and she admitted it, uh, for singing that we are 12 billion light years from the edge and that it's a guess and that no one can ever say it's true. Uh, she knows that uh, science doesn't work like that and we are pretty sure about the age of our universe. So how hard should it be to convince them and many others to join this new cosmic movement? I think it should be quite easy. Uh, we've got to take into account and realize that science is hard and eureka moments occur rarely. Painstaking calculations are not nearly as exciting as putting a foot on another world, and that is why we need popular culture so badly. 
even the novelty of a journey to the moon has a tendency to wear off. We saw it a few weeks after the discovery of the Higgs boson, for example, uh, and it's happening again with gravitational waves. Uh, people at some point will stop being excited about it as, it as it becomes commonplace. We cannot blame ourselves for that. Uh, this is our very nature. We are, we are just like that. We seek immediate results and even tend to believe, or at least some of us do, uh, that learning a foreign, foreign language in seven days is uh, possible. Otherwise, all these pop-out ads wouldn't make sense. Someone has to uh, click on them, right? Uh, so we need to strike the right note. For example, pyramids in Egypt symbolize human longing for eternal life. This has, has not changed since the ancient times. We fear of being forgotten. The crowdfunded space agency could provide the necessary romance, which would allow people to feel immortal in a certain way. Each space, spacecraft could uh, bear the names uh, and messages of all the contributors, engraved with a little help of nanotechnology. Since there is essentially nothing to erode them in space, they can be thought of as eternal messages in the bottle. So do I really think uh, that such agency could replace the combined power of public and private space programs? Of course not, and it's not the point uh, I'm trying to make. It will lack the structures, facilities, and money for the biggest of projects. It will, however, provide a tool of great value, the continuing pressure on the governments. Democracies fail without well-educated society, and it is our obligation, I think, to teach and to share the ideas which would allow us to reach new heights. We are peppered all across the globe and not consolidated to pursue a common goal, but a worldwide movement supported by millions of earthlings couldn't be ignored. The voice of the people, I think, will secure our future in space. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think that's a wonderful vision for us to, to think about. Um, so the, the, the floor is now open to everybody for questions and discussion. Uh, we can talk a little bit about this and what, what you all think. Um, let me start by one, one thing that I, I was thinking as you were talking. So let's say um, you have some sort of crowdfunding effort. You go on Kickstarter. So what do you make the rewards? Well, one of the difficulties, you know, you uh, the successful Kickstarter campaigns are often games or something. You get you get a final product. We are the world. You got an album. So, what are the rewards for a space-based crowdfunding campaign? Yeah, uh, I told about uh, that we could we could uh, engrave the messages that people would try to uh, to just keep like forever uh, on the spacecraft and to uh, engrave the names of all the contributors on, on our uh, on the final products on the satellites and uh, to give them some sense of eternal life uh, i would say to give them the sense of uh, not dying forever and like in like in the case of voyager uh, one and two to give a message to to the whole universe that we are present um, i think that's kind of that would uh, speak to this to those people who are uh, romantic but uh, I know about the more practical gifts. I have no idea. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think you would definitely get people that would would contribute to have their name uh, as part of the spacecraft. Um, as you're talking, I also started thinking that there is a, an emerging business of of space burials, where a person who's cremated has some of their ashes flown into space, and so 
certainly you could imagine something like that where your ashes now are going to go to Mars and be part of this mission that you contribute to, uh, to the campaign. Um, a little yeah. bit morbid maybe, but certainly there's money in it. Yeah, I know that there were uh, uh, people tried to create a, a crowdfunded uh, department of NASA to support NASA, but it's uh, it's they they uh, uh, they have some kind of troubles doing that. But I think it's uh, necessary to involve like people internationally, not just locally, to 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 not to to create a, a something within NASA, but something outside of NASA. Just to keep pressuring every everything and everyone, um, uh, so. So you're thinking of something like the way that SpaceX operates, but on yes. an international basis, and instead of a for-profit model, it's more of a, a cooperative, community-driven model. Yes, and I, I, I and I want to emphasize that uh, no matter the value of a donation, everyone would have their voice. So even people from the poorest countries could contribute and feel uh, involved in the project because we don't. It's not about the money per se. It's about more about uh, the movement and uh, getting the momentum to to keep pressuring people. And uh, SpaceX has its own goals, and I, I believe like Elon Musk uh, is a wonderful guy, and he's trying to take us to Mars earlier than NASA. But I I think it's not the way to go if he will lack the money because the project itself would be so costly like to get people to Mars. I don't think he can afford that. We will see. <laughs> well, so the logic with SpaceX, I guess you, you asked for, you know, SpaceX X fan. So um, the way I understand their model is there's a lot of spin-off technology. And so going to Mars in and of itself doesn't give you a return on your investment, but all the technology that you develop along the way uh, is other technology that you can patent and profit off of and make, uh, you know, sell to other industries, things like that. Um, that's at least one way that the private space industry looks at their business model, which would be really different than what you're comparing, you're thinking about. Um, do you think that they would have better success at getting more funds that way? And is that a problem or is it really to have just a presence and it's not about out-competing anyone. Hmm. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I really like. I, I uh, with Elon Musk is you never know. Like he's uh, he's a businessman, entrepreneur, but uh, he's he wants to change the world. And I don't know uh, how much uh, of that was he saying is true, and how much is just a good PR. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I would. It turned out. I guess yeah, it's hard hard to say. There's been some some technology transfer from NASA, but NASA is not operating to produce a profit. NASA is operating for ex the purpose of exploring space, and so in, in that sense, maybe what you're suggesting is a little bit more like an international version of NASA than an international version of SpaceX. Yes, um, yes, I would, I would, yeah, I'm I'm just a fan of uh, of the view that. Uh, uh, and like Neil deGrasse Tyson presents that uh, the biggest, like the boundaries has to be set by governments and uh, either it, it, on a national scale, on international scale as a collaboration and because the private private uh, companies will, will not just, uh, won't have money for that. Just uh, to set a new boundary uh, in space, it's, it's a very costly and risky business. So uh, 
the only the only thing we can do is to pressure because like uh, most of the space programs are operated by democratic governments so we can elect people we can press pressure them and demand certain changes across the world of course there are some countries like china but we cannot do a lot of a lot of uh, about that but the whole western world can uh, do a lot like, we we know a worldwide movement you know to ban uh, different chemicals and it, to prevent our nature. So why cannot we do the same with space exploration? I think we, we can, it's, it's possible. So those of you attending, uh, feel free to unmute your microphones and ask a question. Oh, and it looks like we maybe have, uh, oh, we have one question in the chat. So Prashansa, I like the idea. My question is, uh, the most cliched one of science versus society. How do you convince people to donate for science when those donations could be used for all the needy people around the world? And that is indeed a very common question we get with yes, people. Yes, yes. Um, Carl yeah, Sagan uh, himself asked this question, like there are people dying of dehydration, uh, like the, there is a poverty, widespread diseases, and shouldn't we pump money to fight, for example, Ebola, and uh, shouldn't we uh, provide clean water to all those uh, in need? And I think we should, but we should uh, think uh, at the present and for the future too, because uh, right now we are just completely vulnerable to any kind of cosmic event, could just wipe out our species without, uh, like, without any problems. So we don't have any, uh, a policy uh, to, to fight with that. So we have to think in the categories of the future in the next 200, uh, 100 years. But I agree, it's hard to convince people that we have to spend billions of dollars into space and not to see an immediate result while people are dying here on Earth. But uh, it's, it's hard to argue with that. It's hard to argue. Like, why do we uh, attend concerts and uh, spent uh, money on uh, our lux luxurious cars and houses and travels while we can save people here on earth like this money could uh, save people like i can i could donate uh, some money and i i think i would i would uh, help uh, other people uh, in the world for for even even i don't uh, earn that much but i could help in principle so we all uh, are in the same kind of state that we have to take some choices, but we should, I, I don't think we should neg neglect uh, the, these people and we should also fight for them, but we should, and uh, and, and we should uh, fight for the future too. And... Thank you, I think that's, that's definitely a, well, I think you gave a good answer to that. It's, it's a difficult uh, way of looking at our ethics and we all, uh, make decisions like that on a very daily basis. But when you're confronted with a big number like billions or millions of dollars for a single mission, then we think a little differently. Well, there's a lump sum that you could take and solve another big problem, but um, it's, it's, it's definitely very difficult. Yeah, like uh, the money in sports, for example, people are paid like um, millions of dollars uh, monthly for a salary for kicking a ball and for moving the ball from one place <laughs> to another. And is that fair? I don't think so, but there is a commercial uh, need for that demand. So we cannot fight with that. So 
it's hard it's hard to argue i, I know this uh, this uh, this this argument is <laughs> this point is a really good point but it's, it's our human nature i guess it's, it's always gonna be that way and even with other charities people have this discussion well is it better to donate to cancer or better to donate to aids research or how do you prioritize and there's in fact um, there, there are some journal articles written about this and how uh, philanthropy is, is decided and how you I, how you optimally allocate your resources, but yep, certainly tricky. So anybody else, feel free to type a uh, question into the chat or feel free to unmute your microphone if you'd like to ask a question directly. So if, uh, well, I mean, feel free to do that at any time. Another thought I had, are you familiar with CubeSat mission? Uh, with what? Which mission? They're called CubeSat, so Cube Satellite Missions. No, I, I, I'm not familiar with that. So this actually, and if we're thinking about how to actually get off the ground and make some a crowdfunded space mission happen, just an idea that could be conceivable. Um, there are space missions that are being, I'm not sure if any of them have launched yet, but uh, one of our BMSIS members at Arizona State University is designing one, and there's a handful of others. They're satellites that are about the size of a shoebox, or maybe two shoeboxes put together. So very small. Uh, so certainly really small, but um, very powerful. You know, you can fit. A, you think about the amount of computing power that's in your cell phone and in your smartphone. So what you can fit into a CubeSat is uh, is fairly sophisticated. Now you're not going to locate what the Hubble Space Telescope can do. You can't put a big mirror in there. But what you can do is some interesting science and get experience with how to design a space mission, how to launch it, how to actually get it in a stable orbit, and then do at least some interesting science with it. So potentially, you know, a CubeSat mission is a small enough budget that you could succeed on something like Kickstarter with an initial mission and then scale up from there rather than, you know, we're going to Mars, let's crowdfund it from the start. If we said we're going to put a uh, a CubeSat in orbit around Earth or in orbit around the moon, and there was some specific goal for it to do that. Maybe put it in orbit around Earth and people can ping it with their phones and send messages to it. Maybe it's an interactive thing. Um, maybe something like that is, is a small enough scale that it could really be crowdfunded uh, at, you know, today. Yes, uh, I agree. Like the small scale uh, uh, projects would be perfect uh, for the start. And I uh, and I told, uh, talked about uh, how costly was the Mariner 4 mission. It was like $90 million. And it's not that uh, much considered what, uh, what the revenue was, like what, what we got from the mission itself. And $90 million in, a, uh, I know I'm talking big money right now, but I think we could, we could scale uh, to even $100 million uh, for like a, a year uh, long uh, crowdfunding uh, uh, project. And I think with, with, with the support of celebrities, it would be easily uh, accessible. Like, yeah, I, I, I have to underline this. Uh, uh, the, the key idea is to involve popular culture because I, I, I saw a few uh, 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 ideas about crowdfunding uh, projects, something to sending uh, ashes to the moon and uh, many other stuff. But they don't get many much attention. Uh, there, there is no media coverage, and without media and without 
all the buzz around the project, it won't happen. It won't happen because people, yeah, there will be some, some uh, like a bunch of uh, a bunch of people uh, that w w are willing to to pay uh, to give some donations, but it's too uh, it's not not too much too much for 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 such a project. And if we could uh, involve, like, if we could, like, for example, uh, get Pharrell Williams for one concert just to organize, to donate people the, and donate for, give a concert for free, and all the, the revenues would be transferred to the project, it would just make things so much easier for us. So we ha we have to uh, we have to involve popular culture. Otherwise, it 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 won't happen. It won't happen uh, at any point uh, in time at uh, any foreseeable future. I, I guess. So what do you think about Mars One? So they've kind of got a model that's supposed to be crowd-funded, media-driven, where they wanted to have, I guess what people have described as a reality show on Mars, where the, the revenue is the media interest and celebrity endorsements. And, I mean, I'm very skeptical of Mars One. What do, what do you think about this idea? Um, I'm too very skeptical. Um... Uh, for me, it's the same problem that I've been uh, I've been talking uh, uh, earlier. These are the kind of money that they won't have. These are the kind of money that uh, I don't think any television program uh, will be will be able to deliver. And it's just out of out of their range. And uh, the mission to Mars. It took us ten years to go uh, to the moon, and there was like a. Uh, the budget for Apollo mission was like 4.5% of the national U.S. budget back then in the Cold War era. So what would it take to uh, to get to Mars, which is so much further away? Like people don't realize the scale. We can talk about uh, the space, and but the distances we deal with in astronomy and uh, in the universe are huge. Are huge. It took it took a week, I guess, to to get to the moon. But it takes 15 minutes light to, to travel to, to Mars, like the signal itself. So it's a half a year long journey uh, in a spacecraft. So uh, this is this is just uh, unthinkable for me. I'm I'm, too, I'm very skeptical. Just a PR thing that people would watch, like a Big Brother show or some some uh, some some kind of other show. But it, it won't happen. It won't happen. It's, it's impossible, I guess. Yeah, I think I agree. It's too bad though, because that was the f at least trying to be kind of a, a, an approach like you're suggesting, at least trying to involve the community and make it a grassroots driven effort. But yeah, perhaps a little too ambitious, at least. For yeah, sure. like I, I would lean towards your ideas with cube, cubic satellites uh, rather than uh, the mission to Mars being crowdfunded or even sponsored by some TV program. It's, it's, this, uh, uh, it's out of our scope, I would guess, I would say. So do you have any plans to pursue this idea further? What, what are your uh, thoughts? It's, uh, it's, it's a tough question. Maybe at some point I, I will. Like, it depends on how my career is going to uh, turn out, if, if this turn, it's going to turn out for me. Uh, if by, accident, by an accident I will get famous, uh, I will definitely use that. I, uh, like I, I'm really uh, surprised. Like I, I, I would like to ask Neil deGrasse Tyson what he thinks, and if he would like to uh, start such a movement because he's such a celebrity. He has so many uh, followers all over the media. Has so much uh, media power right now, and scientists 
like Stephen Hawking and uh, Lawrence Krauss, for example, from the Arizona State, are such a, a, a TV personality, they could start a movement, especially like Stephen Hawking is, is a very good example to, for doing that. So if they could, I would definitely want to talk about uh, with them about that because uh, we have to have that media coverage. Because without that, I, I, I can go uh, and talk to you guys and it's, it's, it's fine, but we won't reach uh, the necessary, uh, uh, necessary number of people to, to, to start a solid and firm uh, movement to, to, just, to just get us going. Yep, I think you're right. Well, I think we even see that on Kickstarter campaigns on a much smaller scale where you have a good idea that doesn't get more than 100 or 200 people donating to it. And once you yes. get the right kind of media attention, maybe a celebrity endorsement, then those are the kind of projects that, that really yes. succeed. So yeah, much more important yes. for space even. I agree. Any uh, final questions? Everybody attending, any last questions for our guest? Definitely enjoyed this conversation. Did you have any last points that uh, you wanted to leave us with? Um, uh, final thoughts. I, I guess the message to take home is just to uh, to keep dreaming and not being uh, too scared of dreaming about such ideas. Uh, I, I, it's, uh, it may sound crazy, but uh, many things in the past seemed crazy uh, enough uh, not to, uh, like out of our, uh, like we didn't have power to do that. And it turned out we had uh, people who said that we will not, uh, never land on the moon. And some people still think that we didn't go to the moon. But there are some, uh, like we have to, as scientists and people involved in science have to uh, take the effort uh, to put forth these ideas and to uh, transfer them to the general public. Because without that, we, we, we won't go anywhere. We won't go anywhere. And, it's, uh, and in the last 50 years showed that this is the case. Like without, uh, without talking about it, without our involvement, uh, governments and uh, won't do anything, won't do anything. And we need science in, in media. So go out there and talk to me, to the media and spread the message, I would say. That is great advice to leave us with. So spread the message. And uh, we've had, uh, thank you very much. We've got some comments from our attendees. thanking you. And a final comment from Prashansa saying, I don't think it's crazy to imagine this. It's a democratic version. It should be followed. So absolutely, it's a democratic version of space exploration. Yes. And I think like you say, starting at a grassroots level, if the board of scientists are out there talking about their science, meeting people, the more this will become a reality. Yes, I agree. Right, well, thank you once again. Congratulations again on uh, winning the essay contest and best of luck to you in your future. Thank you. See you. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye.